Good morning. So thankful to see you all here, especially those that are visiting. We're glad you've come our way. If you'd open your Bibles to uh, the book of Galatians, we'll be looking at Galatians chapter 6, the first five verses here. And he says there, brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Now, uh, before we get into this text, I just, uh, you know, I promise this year we're going to focus more on, on Christian evidences and things of that nature. And, and I wanted to, to pay attention here to verse 2 and verse 5, which according to many is a contradiction. Of course, it's not. But they claim it to be a contradiction. Uh, there is a source known as the Skeptics Annotated Bible. Uh, they go through and they list all of the things that they say are uh, contradictions. And they use these two verses. Because it says that every man shall bear his own burden. And that you ought to bear one another's burdens. But the problem with skeptics and things like that resource. Uh, the Skeptics Annotated Bible. Is that they don't take into consideration... Uh, in what sense the word is being used in its context. You know, we can take the same word and use it in the same context and, and mean different things by that word. Also, they don't take into account the uh, biblical language, the original language in which it was written. You know, before we get into Galatians 6, let's, uh, uh, there's an example that we can look at. Is, uh, is Jonah chapter 1 verse 17. Where it says, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Uh, in John, or Matthew chapter 12 and verse 40, Jesus refers to this event. And he says, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the well's belly. So the Son of Man uh, be three days and three nights in the earth. And so some will say, well, there's a contradiction too. The, the, the Hebrew says that uh, he was in a whale's belly, or a fish's belly, and Jesus says he was in a whale's belly. Now, they don't take into consideration the way these words are used and, and the definition of the original language. The Hebrew word translated great fish is simply, is literally a fish that was exceptionally large. And so it's an actual, it says fish. Now, the... Uh, Greek word translated whale in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 40 uh, is simply a large sea creature. Not specific other than that it lives in the sea. And so uh, it's interesting that the Greek translation of the Old Testament uses the same Greek word in the book of Jonah as, it, uh, as is used in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 40. And so uh, it, it doesn't consider the fact that in Bible times, animals were not classified as they are today. Well, some will say, well, the Bible says it was a whale, or, or another example is it refers to birds and bats as being the same kind of creatures. And people say, well, that's just ridiculous because birds are, are birds and, and bats are mammals. But the thing is, in the Old Testament times, in Bible times, they did not use the same kind of uh, way of classifying animals that we do today. 
They were not based, they didn't classify animals based upon some alleged uh, evolutionary ancestry, but upon the environment in which they live. So uh, a whale and a fish, they live in the ocean. They live in water. A bat and a bird, they fly in the air. That's how they're classified. And so there is no contradiction here. And so when we look at these two verses in their proper context, really what they do is they very succinctly define the essence of Christianity, both for the individual Christian and for the church, in which each individual member must bear his own burden, while all the members are bound together bearing each other's burdens and united in him who is the greatest burden bearer of humanity, and that is uh, Jesus Christ. And so it is impossible to obey one part of this law without obeying the other because no one can bear his own burdens without at the same time bearing the burdens of others. You see, part of my burden is sharing your burden and part of yours is sharing mine. That's the way it works in the uh, Christian uh, religion, that we share one another's burdens. You know, the failure to, to practice this principle, uh, this principle of love is condemned by Christ in his rebuke of the Pharisees and scribes. Notice in Luke chapter 11 and verse 46, there Jesus says, he says, Woe unto you also, ye lawyers, for ye laid men with burdens grievous to be borne, and ye yourselves touch not the burdens with one of your fingers. And so, you know, no one can find his, uh, his own true life without giving up his own individual will, without merging his personal interest uh, with those of the human brotherhood. And so when we look at these verses in Galatians chapter 6, 1 through 5, really there's three things I want us to consider. The individual burden, the mutual burden, and how we are fulfilling the law of Christ. And we're going to start over in verse 5, actually, and look at the individual burden. Again, he says there, Galatians 6, 5, For every man shall bear his own burden. Now, the word burden here comes from a Greek word, fortion, which basically is a burden that no man can transfer from himself to another person. Uh, it's used to describe the pack that a soldier would carry. It was his responsibility to carry. He could not transfer that burden to another person because to do so would only uh, increase his comrade's burden. And so uh, it is a burden that only one can bear. It cannot be transferred. Uh, in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, uh, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so Jesus calls on those that are heavy laden. That are burdened down with, with, with a weight to, to come to him. And to take his yoke upon us. To uh, allow him to help bear the load. But there is the individual burden. You know, and we contrast that with the attitude of the Pharisees in Matthew 23 and verse 4. Again, he says, For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. 
And so every man uh, is to bear his own portion, his own burden, his forty on. You know, God created man, laying with him, within him the foundation for individual life and character. Every man, every man, therefore, is responsible for his own being and destiny and must bear the burdens that are his own uh, individual lot in life. There are certain kinds of burdens that each uh, may bear. You know, there might be the, the burden of, of physical disability. You know, those that are, that are deaf or blind or they have, you know, something like muscular dystrophy or cerebral palsy. You know, these are grievous things to bear and are in a, inescapable and non-transferable. I had a, there was a lady where I used to preach at another congregation. Her brother uh, had, uh, had a skin rash that itched and burned like fire and there was nothing they could ever do about it. Uh, 24-7, 365 days a, a year, uh, he felt like he was burning. Uh, they couldn't do a thing for it. It was something that he had to bear uh, throughout his life. You know, things like this, you know, we've got to bear them. We have no choice. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 and 8, Paul speaks of such a burden. He says, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation... There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. You know, Paul had some kind of thorn in the flesh, some physical disability that he had to deal with. It was not something that he could pass on to someone else. Uh, someone else couldn't suffer in his behalf. He had to deal with it. He had to live with it. Whatever that thorn in the flesh was. It was not taken from him. And so there is, you know, the building a burden of physical disability. You know, there might, uh, you might say that there is the, the burden of intellectual disability. You know, there are some people who through intellectual disabilities never come to a knowledge of right and wrong. You know, people that have that severe uh, and profound learning disabilities. You know, folks like that, you know, they really don't have anything to worry about because they don't have that knowledge of, of good and evil. They're not capable of understanding that. But others, though, they may have some other kind of diminished mental capacity. Uh, they reach a state of, of accountability, but they often struggle to acquire knowledge and practical skills. You know, they may think that that is a hard lot that they, that they have been given to them, and it may be so. But they must bear these burdens as best they can. That is the only choice. There are things in this life that we have to bear up and we have to deal with. Uh, and sometimes there are those bearing the burdens of, of consequences. You know, consequences of the actions of others, perhaps. You know, in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 9, verses 11 and 12, there... Uh, he says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, uh, neither yet bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in evil nets, and as the birds that are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. 
You know, my dad was a uh, high school uh, teacher. Uh, he was worked with uh, those that were in special education uh, with the severe and profoundly uh, um, disabled folks. And there was a, a young lady that at 16 years old was involved in a terrible car accident. Uh, she was a member of the church. Her dad was the, the preacher for the Church of Christ in, in our hometown. Uh, she was struck in a car uh, accident through no fault of her own. And she developed some permanent physical and mental disabilities as a result. And she lived the, the, the rest of her much shortened life bearing those burdens. Uh, you know, we had a, a member here years ago that uh, passed away several years ago. And, and uh, she was, though she was 80 years old when she was 16, she was in a terrible car accident. And uh, she uh, had a lot of mental problems, a lot of mental disabilities as a result. And she struggled uh, through the consequences of the actions of other people. But then also, uh, there are those that, that, that are burdened with the consequences of their own actions. You know, sometimes uh, the things that we do, our own actions, bring burdens upon us that we just have to bear. You know, uh, it may be that, that uh, we did something foolish. It may be uh, that, you know, one uh, uh, drank alcohol and got in a car and, and drove and had a wreck. And maybe they're in a wheelchair or maybe they killed someone. Uh, maybe something terrible happened as a result of their, their bad action. And that's a burden they have to bear the rest of their life. You know, the sin uh, involved may even be forgiven. But the temporal consequences will continue on, maybe for the rest of your life. You know, think about Paul with his past. He had a bit of a burden to bear. You think about what Paul did. He murdered people, basically. He persecuted the church. He tried to destroy uh, the church. And notice what he says of himself in 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 12. He said, but I thank uh, Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for he uh, that he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief and the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy. That in me uh, first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering. For a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. And so Paul had that burden that he had to bear. The guilt of what he did. It must have haunted him the rest of his life. That may be what motivated him to such zeal to go out and preach the, the gospel in all the world. You know, it took a while. Uh, even for the brethren, the members of the <coughs> excuse me, members of the church to overcome their fear and distrust of him. Over in Acts chapter 9, you know, Paul had, had left Jerusalem, he'd gone to, to uh, Damascus on the way, uh, he met the Lord, he was converted, he preached the gospel in Damascus, he went into Arabia, he says in Galatians 2, for about three years, and then he came back to uh, Damascus, and then he made his way finally down to Jerusalem, 
The last time the, the Christians in Jerusalem had seen Paul, he was the persecutor. He was the one that, that stood by while that first Christian martyr was put to death. And now when they see him come back, notice Acts 9.26, And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had been or he had seen the Lord in the way, how he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. And so we see that Paul had that burden, that burden of knowledge of what he had done. And uh, that was hard maybe for him to overcome at times. Now, uh, notice that, that Paul, uh, the Lord, uh, through Paul, never promises that he will lift the burden from the shoulders of the child of God. But he does promise that he will give him help. That he will uh, help him to be sustained while carrying it. In 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13 it says there very simply, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful and will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. And then God, he gives grace to help us bear up under our struggles. Again in 2 Corinthians 12, after Paul talked about that thorn of the flesh, that he three times prayed that God would remove it. And verse 9 it says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And so God does give the grace to help us bear up. Uh, one way in which he provides that grace is through the mutual burden. You know, we are told to bear ye one another's burdens. The word translated burden here uh, is the Greek word baros, which is a burden, a something that cannot be borne by one person alone. Now, it does not involve transference of the burden to another, where one, uh, one person comes along and takes away the burden of another, but rather it is the lending a hand to help in lifting the heavy load. Vine's uh, Dictionary has this to say on these two words, uh, fortion and baros. Uh, the difference between them is that fortion is simply something to be born without reference to its weight, but baros always suggests what is heavy and burdensome. Thus Christ speaks of his burden in Matthew 11 verse 38, my burden is easy, or my uh, yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, my fortion is light. You know, Baros would not be appropriate because that, he's not putting on a, a, a weight on us that is more than we can bear. He put on us a, a burden that we can bear. His yoke, his burden is light. But uh, uh, the word translated, bear ye one another's burdens, burden there is that which is too heavy for one person. It cannot be borne alone. And so uh, burden, uh, the burden of a transgressor, 
uh, perhaps. And I think that's what we're talking about in this context. Because you go back to verse 1, If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. This person has a, a heavy burden, perhaps. A borrows uh, is not something that can be borne by one person alone. The bearing of burdens of this kind uh, does not involve the transference of the burden, but rather the help with it. Now implied in, in burden bearing for one another is in helping them with their individual burdens, which at times can be unbearable. You know, those with physical disabilities, they need encouragement to overcome their limitations. Often they need help with physical burdens they bear so that they can deal with their spiritual burdens. You know, those with mental disabilities and those uh, who are bearing the, the consequences, uh, the burden of consequences, they also need help. But primarily in this context, uh, bearing of one another's burdens as reference to uh, the moral infirmities and faults, the sorrow and shame which awaken in the one who is an offender, the one who has been overtaken in the fault. And so you think about a great example of one like that is the, uh, the man in Corinth who was guilty of committing adultery. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, it says uh, there, uh, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife, and ye are puffed up, and have not yet rather mourned, that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I verily be absent in body, but present in spirits, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye, uh, when ye are gathered together, and my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the Spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. And so here is this brother that is involved in this act of fornication. The church knows about it and they've done nothing. Uh, Paul uh, encourages them, uh, commands them to withdraw from this person so that his soul can be saved. Now between the 1 Corinthians letter and the 2 Corinthians letter, this man came about, the church repented, they withdrew from him, and this man was restored back to faithfulness. If you'll notice in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, in verse 11, Paul says, If any have caused grief, he hath not grieved me, but in part that I may uh, not overcharge you all. Sufficient to such a man is the punishment, which was inflicted of many, so that contrarywise you ought rather to forgive him. And comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Wherefore I beseech you that you confirm your love toward him. For to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you, whether you be obedient in all things. To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. Uh, for if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes... Forgave I it the person of Christ. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And so this brother uh, was bearing this burden. This burden of his past sin. This burden of guilt perhaps. 
Uh, and they were to confirm their love towards him. In doing so, they would help to bear one another's burdens. And in so doing, they would fulfill the law of Christ. He says, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, all obedience to God must be stimulated by the right motive. The motive Paul enjoins here, uh, and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ is preeminently the law of love. In John chapter uh, 13, uh, verse 34, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. And so it's not a new commandment to love someone. It's a new commandment to love as Christ has loved. In Matthew chapter 7 verse 12. uh, We call this the golden rule. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do unto you, do ye even to them also. For this is the law and the prophets. To love one's neighbor as thyself is the second, excuse me, great commandment of the law. Uh, there's other verses there also. We won't uh, be uh, reading all of those. Uh, so the, the bearing of our burden in Christ and a Christian spirit prepares us for lifting the loads of others. You think about that for a moment. When we bear our own burden, we are better able to help others with theirs. You know, have you ever known the difficulties of trying to make ends meet? then you can sympathize with others in similar circumstances. Have you passed through a time where your own faith was at risk, where your own faith was was, uh, uh, shaken? Then you can tenderly enter into the struggles of others. Have you ever had to leave a loved one who was seriously ill and have to go to work in order to make a living for your family? Then you can feel for others whose hearts are filled with sorrow. You know, we sang the song a few minutes ago, and it's, it's one of the most beautiful songs about the fellowship of the church. How sweet, how heavenly is the sight when those that love the Lord uh, in one another's peace delight and so fulfill His word. When each can feel uh, each other's sigh, each brother's sigh, and with him bear apart when sorrow flows from eye to eye and joy from heart to heart, when love in one delightful stream in every, uh, through every bosom flows, and union sweet and dear esteem in every action glows. Love is the golden chain that binds the happy souls above, and he's an heir of heaven that finds his bosom glow with love. And so we bear one another's burdens. That is part of fellowship. That is fulfilling the law of Christ. But learning to bear, we've got to learn to bear You know, it's true that by bearing our own burdens, we learn how best to bear those of others. It's also true that we are better fitted to bear our own burdens when we bear the burdens of our fellow man. You know, this is kind of a moral paradox here. If we are sinking beneath the weight of our own burdens, then let us courageously shoulder the burdens of our neighbors. And the two will be incomparably lighter Together than our own alone. Uh, In Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 8 through 12. The wise King Solomon said there is one alone. And there is not a second. Yea he hath neither child nor brother. Yet is there no end of all his labor. 
Neither is his eye satisfied with riches. Neither saith he, For whom do I labor and bereave my soul of good? This is also vanity, yea, it is a sore travail. For two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth. For hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And so we fulfill the law of Christ when we bear our own burdens and when we uh, are able to bear and help bear the burdens of others. You know, the measure of our love to each other must be the love that Christ showed us. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, this goes right along with, with John 3, 16. Uh, 1 John 3, 16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. John 3, 16 shows God's attitude toward us, and uh, 1 John 3, 16 shows what our response to God's love ought to be, and how we ought to share that love, and how we ought to extend that love to others. And then 1 John chapter 4, 20 and 21, that says, If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God, love his brother also. And again, John 13, verse 34, uh, love one another as Christ has loved us. And so with this in mind, no one can say, I have done enough for my fellow man. No one can say, I have loved my fellow man enough. And no one can say, I have forgiven others enough. And so let each of us bear our own burdens faithfully and seek ways to help others to bear those burdens that cannot be borne alone. And as Charles Dickens wrote, no one is useless in the world who lightens the burdens of another. You know, Jesus came and he died to take our burden, the burden of our sin away, to take it upon himself, to bear it in his own body, to nail it to the tree, to be crucified for us. Today, if you're here and you're weighted down by that burden of sin, let Jesus take that burden off of you. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He offers that rest to those who believe in Him, to those who will repent of their sins and, and unashamedly confess His holy name, and to those who are baptized to have their sins washed away, He will take that burden. He will take it away. Today, if you're here and, and you haven't been a, become a Christian, we urge you, become one today. If you're here today as a Christian who has been overcome with the burdens of life, and you've fallen away, we urge you to come back. We're here to help to restore you. Even as we're told to, to, that we're to restore those that are falling away uh, in the spirit of meekness. Considering ourselves, lest we also be tempted. Today, if you're subject to the invitation, would you please come forward as together we stand and as we sing.